welcome to Tights Camera Action. It's the podcast where three regular people talk about films with other regular people in them. There's nothing interesting about those films. It's all just very naturalistic, uh, super realistic dramas about families. Uh, many of the movies we talk about have um, kids dying of terrible diseases in them. There's never anything supernatural or super exciting about them. We just talk about movies like In the Bedroom and Affliction. <laughs> uh, my name's Stephanie Kachias and I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm joined, as always, by Kyle Scherer. Hello. And Owen Vandenberg. And Owen, this movie this week is... 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not to be confused with the modern Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the 90s uh, cartoon series, Mm. no, the feature film. If I may quote the tagline for this feature film, hey dude, this ain't no cartoon. (laughs) It ain't no cartoon, it's definitely... Just to clarify. (laughs) And just to put you in the spirit before Owen goes into why he picked it, uh, to to get you in the... In the right mind space, these are the IMDb plot keywords for this movie. <laughs> I love this new feature. So the plot keywords are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtle, Mentor, Ninja, Rat. So with that in mind, Owen, why did you pick this movie that hits all of these themes? Because I like things about teenagers. And I think there's a lot of adolescent struggle going on that I can really relate to as a man in his early 30s. <laughs> Look, oh, um, no comment. Like <laughs> teenagers, there's a, a few other plot keywords that might, that might be associated with that. that we in a mentor going sense. Okay. In a rat sense. In a rat sense. Okay, let's bring it back to the rats. Um, no, there was. A, I was hesitant about whether or not to choose this movie because I was wondering if it would actually fit the parameters of our podcast being comic book movies, but Ninja Turtles did start as a comic Absolutely book. Absolutely did, yes. Um, I, I took it to the, to the brains trust of Kyle and Steph. And they were like, yeah, alright, we'll let you get away with this um, I think my, my quote was whatever Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I inferred to be It might have even been W slash E yeah. On a Facebook conversation Tacit endorsement <laughs> of my actions here Our family grows The city itself will be our playground To use as we please Rewarding ourselves And punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Together, we will punish these creatures. What the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title in a trench coat. I loved Ninja Turtles as a kid. I was so obsessed with Ninja Turtles. Like I had, I, I had a Ninja Turtles uh, Duna cover, mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles beach towel. I had Ninja Turtles curtains. Wow. Okay, I found curtain material or like material that could be turned into curtains. Wow. And your mum made them for you? Or yeah, or yeah. someone did. I don't know how curtains work. But, or I didn't when I was a child. I was like, I want that on curtains. And they were like, you can have that. Um, I don't know why. They <laughs> indulged things to that point. I had like... Almost every Ninja Turtles figure you could get. Yeah. I had that samurai rabbit named Usagi Yojimbo. Turns out he's actually kind of valuable now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I got rid of him at some point. But yeah, I was I, I absolutely loved Ninja Turtles. It was my favorite thing in the world. And when this movie came out, um, it was uh, I was very, very, very excited and also not allowed to see it. Oh. Because my parents thought it would be... They, they, I had to argue to be allowed to watch the cartoon because it was inherently violent. Yeah. And, um, and then the movie coming out, they thought it was a little bit too far. They were like, yeah. oh, that, that looks pretty like full on. I don't think you should see that. I, that was heartbreaking. And so, of course, I wanted to see it so badly that no matter what it was, I was guaranteed to love it when I finally did see it, which was probably like a year later. Mm. Like, I can't imagine it was that long. It felt like a long time as a child, but... I loved it, and I wanted to go back to it to see just how bad it was, because I'm sure it was... I was pretty sure it was bad. Mm. I've got... I've a couple of years ago revisited Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, which is 
genuinely terrible. Like, yeah. that's god-awful. Um, even, like, by the standards of turtle movies, it's really, really bad. <laughs> and I actually think... I, I'm going to say I think this holds up okay for what it is. I'm probably going to be, like trying to defend this but also like internally shaking my head at myself that I'm trying to defend this so that's where I'm coming from here well I also watched this movie as a kid I wouldn't I wasn't obsessed with Ninja Turtles but you and I are I think almost exactly the same age and so we we uh, I was the same age as you as during the turtle mayhem of the late 80s, early 90s to mid 90s. And, you know, I watched the cartoons in early mornings and I definitely, I think we had this on VHS, this movie when I was a kid. So it was sort of on one of the movies that my brother and I would rotate on Saturday mornings. So I have, I have a real fondness for the VHS copy of this because it's a green tape. Like all VHS yeah. cassettes were all were, were black. And then this was a special thing that they made <laughs> out of a green plastic. <laughs> so that was like a real wow. Well, we didn't own... We, Check it out. <laughs> I was from a very poor family. We taped things off the television. Ah, I just uh, borrowed it from the video shop. <laughs> <laughs> I never owned it until now. I actually have a copy of this on VHS that I can't play which i bought from an op shop for like a dollar because i was like oh it's the green cassette <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll throw some change on this one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean I, when uh, i was watching this again it was definitely brought back a lot of memories there were a lot of scenes that i'd completely forgotten that you know of those childhood movies that you watched and you realize oh i remember this you know i, I it was very much it wasn't like the goonies or star wars or Ah, Labyrinth or or something like that where I would have watched that movie quite heavily, well, not quite heavily, but I would have watched those movies more recently, uh, you know, childhood movies that that are genuinely, you know, great. This is one of those ones that I definitely watched as a kid but haven't really revisited since probably, yeah, I mean, 20 years. So it was definitely... uh, uh, a, a blast from the past for me. Um, Kyle, do you, what was your um, childhood relationship well, with the Turtles? I am coming at this from the opposite angle as you two. Uh, ours was a Street Sharks household, and I was born just a couple of years, a couple of years later. Street so, Sharks. Street Sharks. If if there was a live action Street Sharks. As soon as I would hear one of them saying Jawsome, I would get goose tingles. Right. I'd get goose flesh. So you understand. I, I understand, but I missed out on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You like biker mice from Mars in your house. Well, there was, a bit, there was a bit of extreme dinosaurs as well. Oh, uh, but I was very much a, the Street Sharks kind of follower. Uh, apparently, I asked my mum the other day, and she said I was really, really into it when I was two. Uh, but I think I, I, by the time it kind of faded out, I just moved on to like other shows. So going into this, I was almost coming in completely blind. The only thing I really knew, I knew their names. I knew their basic sort of shtick, but I couldn't tell you like which is which, Mm. which had which weapon. He didn't know what colors. He didn't know which one was Michelangelo. He didn't know what. And I didn't like know what personalities they had. So I knew they'd probably be like a genius one and like, uh, like a, a quirky one, or whatever. But I, I didn't know which was which. Didn't really know what their bad guys were. So this was like my, my, my real introduction into their, into their world. So you never even saw the cartoon. I, I would have. It's just I yeah. cannot remember, remember it, it yeah. at all. Okay. Mm. I mean, the cartoon was probably even more. And, and I mean, the cartoon. I was watching the, uh, the cartoon song was definitely like DuckTales and this song were like two of the best ones, you know, like... Tailspin's uh, up there as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines. <laughs> okay, let's unpack that. <laughs> Donatello does machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's an engineer. Up. Yeah, he's an engineer. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Raphael is cool but rude. Yep. Okay. Michelangelo yeah. is a party, party dude. dude. See, to me, that and cool but rude... Are kind of he's a jerk. Similar. What's uh, what I kind of I remember thinking when I was rewatching this was this movie's a lot about Raphael. Oh yeah, it's entirely Raphael. Um, it's weird. I'd completely forgotten about that. It's also like there's a thing where um, this is very much an adaptation of of the cartoon, or at least it's got a lot of elements of the cartoon in it because they were they were trying to capitalize mm. on the the really big. So mm. in the comics, they all have red masks. There's no different colors. Really? Right. Yeah, they're all just they're, they all just have red masks. Um, I haven't read a whole lot of the comics, so I don't know how the characters break down in terms of whether or not one of them does machines or if one of them is cool but rude yeah. but uh, this this is definitely they've they, whoever wrote this movie has looked 
at it and gone, we need a clear protagonist, and they've picked Raphael. Yeah. And he's just the kind of, like, he's got the most, like, broad, hey, I'm a New Yorker (laughs) kind of thing about him. And he's also the only one that really does stuff. Like, he, he's the one who's, like, sneaking out of the cave because he's fed up with sort of hiding in a sewer. And yeah. he's the one who, like, meets that that dude with all of the sporting weapons. Oh, Casey Jones. Yeah, and... T- and the, the dude with the sporting weapons? That You're is, talking about Casey Jones. Okay, okay. That is, that is an accurate summary of but his stick. But, <laughs> but, but he's, the, he's the only one who's actually progressing any of the action of the plot. Yep. Now, it's interesting. Before we get into like some of the, the storyline, I just want to bring up something. I, a few things I read on IMDb about this. You said that uh, earlier on your, your mother or your parents were a bit concerned about the level of violence mm. in this movie. Apparently so were a lot of other people yeah. associated with the production of it. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things on IMDb about how it had to be continually, like, cleaned up and made less dark. And there were all these concerns about how violent and, uh, like, <laughs> how much bloodlust was, like, in the script. And well, th- they thought that it was, like, a clockwork orange. I think a toy company actually refused to do any yeah. merchandising yeah. of the film at all. Which Jim seems... Henson was very unhappy yeah. um, that, that, that it was so violent. Yeah. I mean, they used the Henson workshop to do a lot of the... Um, Creature suits. The creature suits and everything. But and to refuse to sell toys for a movie that is, like... Clearly, it's like Transformers. Like it's it's made to sell toys to kids. Like that's just mind-boggling that they'd refuse to cash in on that because of how violent they imagine this movie to be. Well, I mean, you've got to remember too, and I mean, for those people who, I I mean, I'm not sure if you're listening whether you know the story of the Ninja Turtles, but they were essentially, I mean, they are one of the most cynical franchises to ever exist. It's a piss take. They were they were created as a piss take by by like a you know a small some some comic book dudes who who wanted to basically rip off uh, Batman and and uh, (laughs) other sorts of popular kind of ninja comics at the time but also make them as ridiculous as possible hence the teenage well i think it was kind of a it was kind of a bet where they were like if you stick enough buzzwords into uh, a franchise then you can base it around anything so that they stuck in like teenage mutant ninja and they said you the, the next word could be the most boring thing you could think of and it'd still sell because of teenage mutant ninja so yeah. that's why they're turtles it's kind of like yeah it's a send up of like that kind of extreme 80s 90s culture yeah but then it did do very well yeah. uh, you know a, a merchandiser found them uh, they turned it into a kids cartoon and the toy market just exploded and yeah. now here we are so um it, it is it, it, it inherently doesn't make sense it inherently yeah. ha- is is flawed and and kind of doesn't have any internal logic and when you so when you go along with that you sort of just start to like it I, it's I don't a farce. Know. yeah, yeah. The, the other thing that's weird about it being Raphael's story is Raphael is by far the shittest like <laughs> oh, I've always I, mean, I always hated him he was always the meanest like we're gonna get some blowback on the Twitters for this oh, well, he was not, me, he was Bruce. the only one who stuck out to me as an individual no, I know, the others but, the others just seemed I, I couldn't tell the difference. But like, that's what's interesting about the film mm. because I'd completely forgotten that he played such a pivotal role in this movie. Mm. Um, and when re because I've kind of forgotten the plot, but I just, I, I couldn't believe that of all four of them, they chose Raphael because he's the one that's, I don't know, just the crappest. Like, obviously you choose, you ch- if you were going to be cynical and, and you choose Michelangelo, because he's the popular one, right? But he's, he's one note. Wait, he's is he the, is, is he the uh, rude but cool? No, no that's, that's right. The party, the party dude? He's the party, the, okay. he's the party dude. He's the party dude who loves pizza. Well, I mean, they all love pizza. Yeah. But Michelangelo is like the most kitty. He's the fun one. His oh, okay. voice is like a California surfer kind of uh, thing. I believe he was voiced by Corey Feldman. No, that's Donatello. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my, my bad. Uh, so... I mean, we can we can jump into the uh, the plot of this movie. It's not going mean, to it take long. <laughs> Just a quick note, though, to the director Steve Barron. He didn't really do too much in other films. I mean, he did the odd like he's done a lot of TV films and stuff like that. But in the eighties, he was mostly well known for doing video clips, and he did some huge video clips. He did Billie Jean. Wow. He did Money for Nothing, and he did Aha's Take on Me. Which Whoa. is huge. So, like, he was a big 80s dude. Yeah. Like, Money for Nothing was, like, kind of a groundbreaking, uh, groundbreaking video clip, I think, because it had the whole, like, animated 
aspect of it. But that's, are, are you mm. thinking of Take On Me? No, no, Money for Nothing as well. Oh, they as both well. have They're an both. animated element. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Take On Me is where they, yeah, he goes into the animated world yeah, and stuff. But yeah, 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 Money for Nothing had a bunch and of And so the reason why the Jim Henson um, Studios worked on this film um, was almost as a favour for Steve because Steve directed the first episode, the pilot episode of The Storyteller, which was, hmm. do you guys remember that? I love no. The Storyteller. I loved The Storyteller. John Hurt. Yeah. Um, it was a Jim Henson production. I don't know. Look it up on YouTube. We won't get into it. great kids show. Oh like my it's, God. I think there's only like six episodes it's, or 10 episodes, but yeah, worth your time. Worth checking out. An Is amazing, amazing. On par with Street Sharks or? I, I would say it's pretty jawsome. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't <laughs> contain yourself. Don't oversell it. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, oh, I don't know. So Owen, do you want to tell us about who these teenage right, mutant so ninja turtles are? We open in New York. There's a beautiful, like, uh, panoramic, you know, skyline shot of New York. Yep. It's 1990, so there are some buildings there that may not be around anymore. <laughs> and, uh, oh God! Here we go again. It's, the- it's season two. <laughs> Do we have a whistle? Or <laughs> We're gonna need some sort of every time. I'm just saying they're there. It's New York. That's how you know it's New York. They're iconic. Um, uh, start, there's like a voiceover for April O'Neil doing a news report about a crime wave that's well, happening. I want to clarify yeah. a crime wave in in particular where everything from skateboards to stereo systems are, are disappearing at an alarming rate. Yeah. So petty thievery is on the rise. Is it, sc- but sc- skateboards specifically, and that made me think: like, are the turtles involved? In that's this? what. That's what it seems like it's implying yeah. that the, the turtles are also taking stuff because they have to furnish their underground lair. Yeah. They've got a share house that they that they live in. But and yeah, it was it's just kind of weird because their whole thing about the crime wave is that no one's no one's being caught like stealing. They're just like disappearing without a trace, and it's a bit unclear. But they're like, oh, there must be some kind of like ultra secret criminal gang or yeah. something like that is this the same thing like i don't remember where it is but you see some ninjas just like loading up tvs into a van uh, <laughs> yeah but they're not ninjas they're just youth no they're but like the there kids. is one bit where they hand, oh. hand some to a ninja yeah, in a van yeah. and the ninja just close in full daylight yeah yeah so yeah the foot clan uh the, the bad guys are just like uh stealing Small white goods, yeah. <laughs> appliances, skateboards. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what the flip value on that is. Because um, uh, when when you see their hideout, they've just got a whole bunch of crap. Yeah, that they're like, just bringing in. They're it's running like an in, Arthur Daly's warehouse. Yeah, they're running thing. an op shop or yeah. something. They're just like <laughs> they're, they're heroin addicts, they're just <laughs> stealing small televisions oh, from what? <laughs> <laughs> But they're not even selling them. Like, that's Owen's what point. It's like, they're just storing yeah. they're, just, they're just hoarders. They're just, like, stealing all of this stuff and then just, like, sitting on it in this gigantic warehouse full of, like, trash. Mm. It's, it's so weird. But I guess, like, they're, they're thieves. So that's that's their thing. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't make them, like, murderers because that's a bit too dark. I guess they could so. be, like, that's, like, active ninja training. Like you're yeah. just keeping up the ninja skills by stealing things and then getting away without being. So it's like seen. a so non-violent just, crime yeah, with, just a with good ninja way. overtones. It's yeah. interesting we were talking about this because as was when I was preparing for this, I did some googling and there is an article in the Atlantic that says something like the prescience of 1990s teenage mutant ninja turtles, and it talks about um, the 80s and 90s. Um, uh, crime hysteria of New York and how this movie tapped into this sort of fear of um, gang youths of gang gangs of youths <laughs> and and just sort of petty crime oh, as yeah. being like a sort of um, hallmark of sort of before just as New York started to kind of clean itself up you know how it, it had a bit of a renaissance in the yeah. 90s uh, so I can link to it on our thing if you want to read it it was I didn't I sort of skimmed it but it was basically saying that this movie was tapping into some sort of um, underlying paranoia about hmm. youth in, hmm. in New York it's, yeah, it's really weird like to remember how violent New York yeah. was like there's the occasional early Seinfeld episode where they'll make a reference to like how they have to get back to the apartment by like 8pm or, or they're all going to get shot and killed or something like that. And mm. it's like, oh yeah, different time back then, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely had yeah. a, a roughness to it. 
And this is the thing where that I keep coming up against within this movie. I can't trust my own opinion of this movie. There are elements like that where I go, this feels like it's actually like like part of a like it's trying Social to do something commentary. interesting. Like like maybe there's a good element to this movie, and then I go, but I know I can't trust myself because I'm inherently biased to enjoying a Ninja Turtles well, movie. Did the Atlantic article specifically point their finger at Japanese immigrants? <laughs> like investigative reporter April O'Neil is set on from no, no, she one. says that they she talked to them and they remember that it's like the foot from she is she doesn't know, for the Japanese she, she doesn't blame no but her thing is like my source is I've talked to some Japanese immigrants and they remember a crime wave like this happening in Japan so it's not she's not saying they're doing it She's like, um, she's, she's trying kind to. Kind of is. I mean, she's bringing it. She's definitely like dropping. She's bringing the race card. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's, I mean, this comes up a bit later, but I, I just want to. Now that we're talking about April O'Neil, there's a part where she's confronted by ninjas from the foot, and she says, What? Am I behind on my Sony payments? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jeez, lady. <laughs> Like, also, that was, like, that Sony was a racist joke. Is, yeah, it's like, racist and Sony payments is not a thing. Yeah, like, are, you le- are you leasing a TV? Like, what's happening there? Maybe that's the racket they're running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're stealing everyone's electronics and then they're leasing them back to them because they don't have... They, yeah, maybe. They're, they're Mr. Rental. But yeah, that, that's Sony <laughs> oh, payments. Disclaimer, thing. Mr. Rental does not steal. <laughs> I'm not saying that Mr. Rental is stealing, <laughs> is stealing electronic goods. Thank you. But yeah, I think she's definitely got a bit of a preconceived notion about who's behind this whole crime wave. I definitely thought that you know it's funny that Jim Henson said that it was a bit too dark it definitely what you know as I reflecting on it 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 was a dark film Mm. like it was shot in the dark it was very gritty and it did attempt to tell a kind of yeah this underworld it attempted to tap into something a little bit unsavory and underworldy about New York now Mm. it's, it's got a clear idea of its own tone like it has a, yeah. I feel like it's got a pretty consistent tone throughout, yes. and that tone is a lot darker than the cartoon. Yes. And I think that really took through people for a loop when it came out because most people only knew the cartoon, and then yeah. oh shit, like this is kind of gritty. Yeah, and the cartoon <laughs> is very cartoony. Obviously, yeah. they're bright yeah. green. They're, mm. It's you know, it's very colourful. Mm-hmm. They have a blimp. And they fight <laughs> aliens, and it's a lot more sort of yeah. you know, obviously sort yeah. of uh, fantastical. Uh, so anyway, we. We... I can't remember what happens. She, well, she, should we talk about the suits? If we're talking about the turtles? Because yeah. I was actually pretty impressed with how they looked and moved. Except for, like, the occasional close-up where they'd be mouthing something. Uh, other than that, like, the karate scenes, like, they were kicking and punching and... Uh, sorry, it's a, it's a ninjutsu. <laughs> ninjutsu scenes. Uh, is Teenage Mutant and Jitsu a separate strand, or is it... Not to my knowledge, okay. but I haven't spoken to enough uh, Japanese immigrants. <laughs> yeah. so. But there's, uh, yeah, I think like, I mean, they looked very 90s, but not as bad as some of the suits that you'd see in other sort of similar movies like that. I they're like they're just are, expressive enough. Yeah, I think they're pretty well regarded for creature effects for the time. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was like, yeah, they did pretty, like, they're, they're, they're all sort of animatronic faces. And I mean, it's pretty ambitious to make a movie in 1990 about anthropomorphic yeah. speaking emoting turtles well and then to be honest i mean uh splinter looked great yeah splinter looked yeah. really good splinter was a very much that was that was the most jim henson-y sort yeah. of feel yeah. that character he's also built in to be a little bit easier to make work because the character's not going to move much yeah like he's always going to be just kind he's of like yoda. yeah he's very yeah. yoda-ish and he's just going to sit there and be still and yeah. so you just kind of only need to move him a little bit so, I mean, I don't, so basically uh, there's crime going on in the city. April O'Neil herself gets mugged yep. yeah. um, so early she, on. She sees a rat and she jumps up onto a box like it's a <laughs> cartoon from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> she lives in New York. Yeah. And she's freaked out by a rat. Yeah, you, yeah, you probably should seen it. And her apartment wasn't that good. I'm sure she's seen a rat before. Yeah, exactly. So she, she gets mugged by these kids, but she also gets saved. In the dark, though, this, this mm. fight scene ha- happens in the shadows, I suppose, because they're ninjas, uh, happens, and uh, but a sigh, a, a sort of ninja sigh gets left behind. Like she, what Electra uses. Yeah, and she picks that up and puts it into her handbag and turns out that that sigh belongs to Raphael, one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So we go in down into the sewers and we meet... Uh, 
Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael, and their dad, the rat, <laughs> s- s- Splinter. Uh, Splinter. I keep wanting to say Skinner, and I don't know why. <laughs> and I also find that Splinter and um, Shredder, like yeah. the two names get mixed up for me in my head. Yeah, I can oh, right. that. Anyway, so they live down in the sewers uh, with their dad, Splinter. Yep. Uh, they love pizza. And they're they, very silly because they're teenagers. Yes. Yeah, they're goofing off all the time. Mm. They, they keep going on about pizza, but they the one scene where they order pizza, they only order one pizza. And it's like, you're not eating that you're much You're growing pizza. boys. Like, yeah. you need more pizza than that. Yeah, it's probably going to take a little bit more of that than to say, like, oh, man, I'm so into pizza. It's like, that's not, that's not being a party dude. Like, that's not, even, that's <laughs> no. not even close to being a party dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, Owen, did you like these scenes when they're down below and having their little family scenes? Uh, they actually feel there's a bit the, the bit where they're walking along in the tunnel and they're all like saying, you know, yeah, excellent, radical, and stuff. Yeah. There's this weird vibe to it that feels like they just told. Like it actually feels vaguely improvised. Like maybe they just told the actors to just riff on stuff while they're doing because it doesn't yeah. feel like they know what, when they're supposed to be saying things. There's a weird kind of rhythm to it. Well, and I'm imagining know. a lot of it was just ADR'd. Yeah, it must have been. Like, it must have just all been like, ah, just just say variations on, yeah. like, just say what the kids say. Say, all, say all cool 90s words, like radical yeah. and uh, out of sight or yeah. whatever. Tubular. I don't know. But don't, like, tubular. Tubular. <laughs> but don't say cowbunker. Cowbunker, because yeah. we're saving that. Yeah, saving, we're saving that. it. I and mean, then, oh, yeah, sorry. No, you oh, don't. just Donatello has, like, a thing where he doesn't get it and he says the wrong thing and he says, like, bossa nova or something. Yeah, <laughs> and then, there are a couple of yeah. attempts at jokes between Donatello and Ma- Michelangelo in particular there like they tried to have these there, little yeah oh, a yeah. lot of a lot of their jokes just flew right over my head well, and it made me feel hugely unintelligent because they'd have their little like tiff match and then they'd make some kind of weird joke and i just it would take like a minute and i'd be like oh that was a that was so a there joke. were a lot of weird like early 90s pop culture references yeah. that we don't that we just can't understand and without like, facial without expression Google. Yeah, yeah with no facial expression there's no there's, there are multiple jokes in this movie made by characters where they then have to clarify that was a joke yeah. and then everyone laughs, <laughs> yeah. that happens several times um Quick note on the voice work. Donatello, voiced by Corey Feldman, that was a big deal at the time. He didn't voice him for the second one because of his drug problems. Um, oh, poor Corey. Yeah. Uh, Splinter, voiced by Kevin Clash, aka the original Elmo. Oh, really? Right. Yes. Okay. Who resigned after some allegations of sexual impropriety. No. Yeah. Yes. Didn't you yeah, know that? a couple of years ago. No. Yep. Um, those cases were dismissed because of sexual violations. I mean, I knew this review was going to bum me out. But I didn't think it would bum me out quite this much. So Splinter sounds like, uh, let's say, a Nimoidian from the Phantom Menace. Oh, he's like he's doing a, a Master Poe from Kung Fu. Yeah, he's like. Or, Wait, isn't Master Poe Jack Black? What? No, Kung, oh, not Kung Fu Panda. Kung oh. Fu, like the old TV show. Oh, okay, um, I'm sorry. What's <laughs> that was a genuine misunderstanding. But... No, the old, the old 70s TV show with David Carradine. Right. Where it's like, yeah, it's get wandering kind of through the wild Really west. broad, pretty offensive accent. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it sounds a lot like, again, yeah. The audience of Phantom Menace also sound exactly like that. Here we go again with the Phantom Menace. Always bringing up the Phantom Menace, guys. Episode Never going to get sick of it. Season two, we've already brought up the building. I tried to and figure it out when I could work it into the last episode. It didn't come up organically. Uh, so. so after uh, Raphael saves uh, April. April, April from there's going to be a lot of me forgetting names in this. After he saves her from the mugging, is that when he first encounters Casey Jones? No, oh, no he goes out, again. Goes to a oh, movie. So he keeps on storming off. He yeah, just like yeah. comes back and then storms off and then comes back so and then storms they off. Have dinner um then then splinter tries to get them to meditate but they're too busy goofing off dancing oh yeah and they're just making fart sounds and dancing while and they're just... goofing off Raphael goes out he's like i've got to go and he puts on his hat his weird sort of like sort of private eye outfit from nine oh it's like what the thing wears it's like a big overcoat <laughs> with yeah. a big hat yeah. and uh goes out and, and every time that, that's going to work as a disguise because if anyone sees him they'll be like hey it's new york <laughs> <laughs> well i think at one point yeah. the guy's like what is that he goes it looks like a turtle with a Coat on, and um, so they they this city. <laughs> so yes, then he meets the guy with all the sports weapons, Casey Jones, aka huge reason as to why I'm a heterosexual young woman. Uh, I Elias Coteus. Yep. 
in that movie. He wow. was definitely, he had it going on. And uh, he's like with his hockey mask and his hockey stick. And like every time, he can't fight unless he's got some sort of sporting good in his hand, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And he fights this gang and he and Raphael sort of team, first start fighting each other, but then sort of team up against yeah. this gang. Well, yeah, and Casey Jones also just beats the crap out of him. Like, yeah. Yeah. first they start fighting with like, a hockey stick and then he beats him with a hockey stick so he takes out two baseball bats and then after that he takes out a cricket bat and just smashes him in the face and like into a garbage bin yeah and that's yeah. how it ends it's very violent yeah that, that one was pretty violent but casey jones's whole sporting goods thing was that from the cartoon yeah like, it's pretty yeah specific. He, like he wears a hockey mask that's his thing and he, yeah, and he and he just carries like sporting goods as well a lot he's just a vigilante yeah. so, like this movie is mostly about people committing violent assaults against petty thieves yeah, <laughs> like the Foot Clan aren't that much of a threat in terms of general, what they're actually doing. Their impact crime, on the city. Yeah. yeah, it's like the criminals can't be too violent because that would make it too scary. But the turtles and Casey Jones just like hospitalize or kill everyone they come. Yeah. It's like Death Wish with Charles Bronson. Yeah, or just like most taking Batman down Batman interpretations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So anyway, they have a run in, and they sort of. I don't think they kind of. They don't. They don't make for up as friends then, but they do later. No, they sort of they're leave. sort of like, I'll, I'll see Get you again later. one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's no one on the streets of New York. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Completely empty. Uh, probably because they couldn't afford extras and they're probably filming mm. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just completely deserted. New York is mostly deserted in this movie. Yep. Um, Shredder has been... I, I think... Have they been stealing TVs just so Shredder can watch 50 of them at I once? I have no idea why they're stealing But he's watching 50 at once, but they're all tuned to the they're same channel. They're all the same channel. channel. He's not doing the, the Adrian from Watchmen. Yeah. No, he's just got them all up. And they're all stacked together. And yeah. then he gets angry and, like, turns them all... Oh, no, he throws throws his, throws his something at them. And... Is this where we're seeing the, the, the ga- young gang? Because we need to mention... <sighs> Baby Sam Rockwell is in this movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not even up to that yet. Uh, he makes his appearance earlier on in the film, doesn't it's, he? It's so hard to No, to no we're not up to that bit yet. Oh, I mean, sorry. we can. Yeah, but yeah, there is Sam Rockwell coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, very, very baby. <laughs> like, very, very young. Um, but, yeah, no, before that, we have, like, the whole April's in the subway. Because, um, yeah, Shredder's watching the news. He gets mad and yeah. he's like... Get her. Yeah. And then April goes to the subway. The subway is also completely deserted. April misses a train and then there's that's just right. no one on the that's platform. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that's where she does the racist social <laughs> joke. Yep. Um, the Raphael saves her again, um, takes her down through the uh, subway into the sewers. Yep. Um, and then... And then she meets the turtles. She meets and the turtles. she freaks out, she, as you would, yep. when you, if you'd see th- four... Um, humanoid turtles talking to you and a giant humanoid rat talking to you. I mean, I you know, you would probably want to commit yourself into an asylum yeah. of some sort. But it's very, it's a very different dynamic to the cartoon because I've seen pictures of the cartoon and the turtles are like, they're not that big. They're like waist high or something. They're like, they're noticeably yeah, they're like, big. Are, are they human sized? I thought uh, they were like, more or less short, like, like teenage sized, like kid sized. Whereas, Hobbit size. Yeah, kind of. Whereas in the movie, it's like April O'Neil wakes up and she's surrounded by these hulking, like, hulking, like, catchphrase spouting, like, freaks. And it's just like, <laughs> when they're that tall, it kind of adds a bit of a different dynamic to it. It's worse in the Michael Bay ones, because they're like seven and a half and foot. They and they're, they're genuinely monstrous. hulking. Like, they're actual, like, just got, ripped to shit. Yeah, but they're also really awful looking. Like, yeah. in those movies, they're yeah. just they really ugly and yeah. just gross. Whereas <laughs> in this, they're kind of cute. Yeah. But, yeah, so she meets them, and she also meets um, Splinter. And that's when Splinter tells her about their origin story, which was he found four little baby. Well, no, back a bit. He <laughs> he grew up as a little mouse in as yeah as a mouse or a rat a rat, rat. in uh, in Japan. And his master who kept him was the best. Um, uh, what is it? Nijutsu fighter. Mm. Is that did I say that correctly? Well, you corrected him before. He said karate. (laughs) You pronounced it better than saying the word karate by accident. (laughs) Oh, Uh, God. And and so he fought him, but then there was an argument over a woman um, between his master and uh, a bad guy who... I can't remember his name, but he... Yoshi. Yoshi, the bad guy. And Yoshi then killed his master and the woman, but... 
um, Splinter got a scratch in mm. and then escaped. Mm. Um, then Splinter quite some, a, quite some, a scratch. He like gouged off half the guy's face. How did he get yeah. to America? Uh, well, this is we're actually there's, there's two different. Splinter has two different flashback stories in this movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's mostly the second one. Um, the first one is where he's just talk- the one that he tells to April is just about like. I was a rat and I learned, I learned, um, karate. I learned, <laughs> I learned Taekwondo from my master <laughs> from watching him. And it's got a little and shot then, of his master doing like ninja moves. And then the rat in the cage is going, like mimicking. That was so cute. There's this tiny little puppet rat who still has like, but has like long arms. <laughs> it's kind of freaky. Anyway, he's, he ends up in the sewer and, um, and, That's when he sees and then the he, he finds the turtles and they are playing around in, in, um, uh, ooze like radioactive ooze it's it's called mutagen and <laughs> yeah, no. um, and then he also gets gets in amongst that I guess and then he's noticed that they started to grow in size and so was he and so he started training them in everything he knew mm. and then that's how they became who they are yeah yes so I, I just assumed Slinto would have been some kind of lab rat but I don't understand how because how, he's been intelligent the whole time. Well, he got more intelligent from the ooze. And he turned into a humanoid. Yeah, he yeah. became more but humanoid. But in the comics, wasn't Splinter a man that turned into a rat? I don't Maybe. remember. Maybe. Anyway. I don't know. I think he's... Could back. well have been. Anyway, but basically, uh, they all mutated mm. into what they are now. It's quite a David Lynchian mutation. Like, you see the silhouettes of when they're growing from, like, actual baby turtles to, like, this semi-form between, like... The turtle and then the the suit, the, mm. the like the animatronic suit, and there's a shot. There's like a silhouette of one of it that looks almost exactly like the baby from a razor head, just like this awful like misshapen screaming thing. And I was like, that freaked me out more than anything else in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they definitely. It's definitely an, there's an aspect of body horror to it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they're like, go take her home. Yeah. So take and then they and she's like, they're they're all splashing around in sewer water. April should be battling norovirus the entire movie. <laughs> like, she should just have gastro constantly. Well, except, for, except for Raphael, they're all very happy to live in filth. Well, they're to mutants. live in Maybe they human have different, sewage. They have different to, like immune to, systems. April doesn't doesn't to, have any of that. It doesn't mean it. It's just it's just an unpleasant environment. Yeah, right? but it's also um, our turtles. I recently, not to brag, recently went to Hong Kong, and they were <laughs> they have turtles that live in their um their sort of botanic gardens, right. and we went and saw them. And apparently, those little turtles carry a lot of diseases. You do not mm. want to get bitten by a turtle because. Because they, it will, it will f you up. Mm. Like maybe um, these Ninja Turtles are just as like sort of disease ridden. I yeah. don't know. I mean, they they could be. They're pretty gross. <laughs> I'm just saying. They're just living, in a, living in a sewer can't help. No, mm. exactly. So they drop, um, they drop April home, uh, and by this stage, like they're all mates, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and this is where we get. We've already sort of been introduced, but we, we get reintroduced to April's boss and April's boss's son. Oh <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, and so they come around, and Danny sort of steals April's wallet because yep. Danny is part is one of the youths that yeah. has been sucked into the uh, the uh, Shredder's gang of you know the foot thing. And you can tell because he's always wearing. Uh, what is it? Sid Vicious T-shirt. Yeah, he's a yeah. bad boy. He's a bad boy, despite being a giant ranger. Yeah. Um, and they, so he sort of thinks that he sees the turtles hiding out in in April's apartment, but doesn't. And is it while they're there that Splinter gets caught? I yeah. Think it is, so isn't it? because because they were hanging out with April in her apartment, yep. the foot followed them to their lair, mm-hmm. and then while they're gone, they they capture Splinter. Yep. So now oh, Shredder maybe. has him. So Splinter gets captured very early in the yeah. movie, like maybe a third of the way through. And then is that also when they beat the living shit out of Raphael? No, that's comes. Oh, that's well, it kind of comes now, sort of next. Yeah, soonish. Um, so also with April, like she's portrayed a lot as like being a real go-getter, heavy hit. Go get him, like heavy hitter journalist who like like confronting the police chief, confronting the boss. Doesn't really mind. A, doesn't really think of the turtles as much of a story. 
Like, she doesn't... Yeah. Not really interested in reporting on these humanoid freaks living in the sewers. I'm, I'm not sure why. Maybe like, she's, like, just one day at a time. She's like, I, yeah. I've got to break this whole other thing. And I've got these guys in the back pocket. They're friend they think I'm their friend. I'm just going to expose them when I have a chance. But I'm going to get this story out first. Yeah. And then I'm going to, like, I, what are you going to do to follow this up, April? Oh, who knows? Maybe I'll stumble across something. And, and then like, little I have mutant turtles. I have too many stories to write about the Japanese first. I just got a hot... <laughs> Today, like, tonight yeah. story she can't find an angle to make it racist yeah. yet so she's, she's like I'll just wait till the angle so comes I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stroll through Chinatown and see see how many of these people like speak proper English and then uh, put it on TV like uh, a current affair always do <laughs> she's trying to make America great again yeah oh, but man. oh man I mean, if I were in her position I used to work at a couple of papers and find the, find the turtles Get, get chummy with them, make friends with them, and then you King Kong the shit out of them. <laughs> you chain them up to a wall, and you just open it to the public, charge like $100 a pop, and then you write the article, front page, sell the rights, and it's a... I don't know why she's just not even interested. Like, she doesn't even broach the subject with them. Like, it's just... It's just she... So how would know. she broach the subject of, of setting them up as um, like a live freak shows for her profit and exploitation? How do, how do you start that conversation? Oh, by the I, way, guys, um, I, thanks for saving my life. P.S. How do you feel about me um, basically ruining your life or your father's life for the rest of time? I know we said we were friends, but not really. Is that what you think she should do? Uh, I think she could do it pretty easily. I mean, they're only 15. Uh, and pretty dumb. If you ever mention pizza, they just go along with what you'd say. I'd say there's <laughs> pizza in this room and then in the room they would, walk out yeah. onto a stage where people would be like a crowded stadium would just be looking at them and gawking at them yeah. but that they, would, they would even do it like leonardo would be like i don't know and then donatello would be like i don't know about this and then Raphael would be oh this seems suspicious then michelangelo would go pizza and run <laughs> yeah. through and then they'd all look at each other and go well yeah, yeah, <laughs> they all yeah. go in and then then the trap falls yeah like, yeah yeah um, but splinter is that they may as well have done that because splinter's captured as you said pretty early on and they do jack to even he's just make a tied plan. Up to a wall. Yeah, but yeah. they don't even they don't even like yeah, that's talk true. about trying to help him. They they just like just hang out for the rest of the movie. <laughs> they they, yeah, hang they out play, they play no role in freeing their master. They yeah. go back to April's to hang out and then she takes them to her dad's old store. Oh, we're skipping way what? ahead. Uh, skipping no, over a fire. Oh, wait, no, oh, no, 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 the store happens at yeah, the fire. The, the, we, this is where... Um, the store happens at the fire. No, fire happens at the yeah. store. Before so, we get to the fire, though, like, she gets told to drop the story yep. because there's, um, there's corruption in the police. This movie is trying to take a real serious look at police yeah. corruption. Yeah, it's like the wire, basically. Exactly what I'm leading to. <laughs> it's season five of The Wire, right here in 1990, and people were too blind to see it. The Atlantic article was right. It was a very prescient film. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get to see the the Sam Rockwell in oh, the okay. in what I've dubbed the libertarian compound. <laughs> where they just go like, "Hey, it's a no rules situation. Yeah. You do whatever you want here." And then so yeah, Sam yeah. Rockwell's like the kid who's like he's a bit older and he's leading a new kid in. The kid's yeah. like, "Got any cigarettes?" And he goes, "Regular or menthol." Holds up cartons of <laughs> cigarettes at him. Like they just have them on taps. Well, they've been boosting like everything. They've got yeah. they've got so many stores and everything. It's like, come on, kid, we got to get rid of these. Like I can't give these stereo systems away anymore. We're <laughs> running out of space. Yes, but it's like the the worst best teen hangout ever. Yeah, it's got like a little skate ramp. It's got arcade machines. It's got a pool got, table. Yes. With a kid smoking a massive cigar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is the, the layer that we've been seeing glimpses on the whole time. But right? we haven't seen that element Part of it. Yeah. We haven't seen yeah. the party side. I think this is like the front. So this is where like the kids go in and they see how cool it is. And yeah. then when they when they get kind of screened, then they get to go downstairs and see like the real... The well, real where they're like literally fighting in circles. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. Like they're having cage matches. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. There's like audition fights. Yeah. And like that's how they become the foot soldiers. So yeah, at the top it's like a rec centre, but it's like a, yeah. a cool, you know, urban rec centre. <laughs> cool urban rec center. And, uh, and they're like, hey kids, you know what else is pretty cool? Fighting and stealing television. <laughs> yeah. So um, so they're hanging out at, at April's dad's shop, 
Mm-hmm. Something. It's like an antique store. Yeah. So she's gonna like she's yeah. gonna steal all their weapons, flip them at the antique store, then sell their bodies to science slash the media, <laughs> the highest bidder, really. <laughs> and then Raphael goes off to Sulk again yep. uh, on the roof, and he's up there, and then the foot start to attack him um, again up there, mm. and then we cut to like across like many. Um, uh, buildings across the way is Casey Jones just hanging out. Messing with hot, an antenna. Looking hot. Yeah. <laughs> and just hanging out and then he gets out his binoculars and he's like, hey, there's that big like um, abomination of a creature that yeah. I was fighting the other night. I like to think Casey was trying to get one of the scrambled porn channels. Like <laughs> <laughs> in the early 90s, like uh, I always hear people talking about this like in oh, America. Yeah. You no. always hear people talking about it. <laughs> yeah, there's not an easy, easy uh, swipe to take or anything, was it? <laughs> but it is a thing but in America, the porn channels was always, were always scrambled, so so it was still being broadcast, but you had to have like a code or something. I like to think Casey was just up there, like <laughs> messing around with the antenna. Maybe he's trying, trying to get, to get extra them. sports channels because he's like you running out. Of, he's running out of sporting equipment that like, can double as a weapon. It's like what other the, sports have like long, long-handled things that yeah, I can is, use? Is lacrosse too derivative? Will that be an effective weapon? Or maybe <laughs> am I allowed to wear a, like a, a, a better pad? Like can he wear like a gridiron like armor, or yeah. is that like? Too, no, too protective. It, it, it affects his mobility. Oh, okay. How heavy are curling brooms? That's, oh, that's yeah, what he's trying to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. No, that's fine. And then, uh, so <laughs> that's fine. Just step on my story. Story? <laughs> the, did, you, did you write this movie? <laughs> yes, I'm the screenwriter. That's why we're here in my mansion with all my teenage TMNT dollars. <laughs> so uh, he, he sees Raphael fighting and so they cut back and Raphael is getting the shit Kicked out well, of There's like 20 of them. Slaughtered. Yeah, and then they fall, th- he falls through the roof. Yeah. Um, and then they bring brings the fight inside. And then this is really the first time we see the turtles fighting. Mm-hmm. Like, properly as a team. Well, except oh, yeah. that Raph- The foot found them because uh, April's boss's shitty kid told them where he yeah. was. Oh, that's right. He's got a little arc here where he has, like, you know, some morals to, to discover. That's yeah. right. Where he's like, he told them about it. And then, then that's why the foot are there. Yeah. And he sees this happen. Sorry. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. And yeah. then, so they're getting, they're they do end up fight oh no so they're, they're struggling with the foot and then Casey Jones comes and helps them out yep. and that's really cool and they all team up and then it all blows up it all goes on fire and they escape through this little tunnel which for some reason the foot couldn't get through yeah. they just close the door and then they just can't get through and they all kind of they all get in there again yep. um, and then they all get in a car and go out to the they like didn't show how they get house? there. So whose like, country house was that? It's April's dad's farm or something. She's like, dad's got a lot of uh, assets. That's a yeah. lot of money coming from an antique store. Yeah, yeah well, money again. Yeah, he owns like property in central New York. So he's got a Yeah. So they hang out at this farm for most of the rest of the movie. They pull an just Age of Ultron. Yeah, they do. They just go out to the farm and hang out and just just debrief for a little while. But it's like they don't mention. They don't mention Splinter, they don't mention the foot, they're just goofing off. April's drawing a bunch of pictures of them. Uh, <laughs> they've dumped. Was they've, so, no, can we talk a little bit about I that? I just want to say they dumped Raphael's like comatose body into the bathtub <laughs> and just left him there. Waiting for, for him to days. recuperate. Yeah. yeah. Just dump him in the bathtub like the aftermath of a party. <laughs> and then just they just left him there for like a week or however long they were there. Yeah. But yeah, what were you gonna say well, with the pictures? Just just that whole sequence was quite weird. Like, so it's then it cuts to April O'Neil's. She, she her. It's like an overdub, like a a voiceover mm. of her like describing these boys. Like, mm. she, like it was so creepy. She's mm. like, and I started watching the turtles. Each of them dealt with the pain in different ways, and it would sort of like mer- it was like would merge from her like weird um watercolor sketches to the real to real life like she'd been sketching from the film (laughs) and just donatello dealt with his grief by doing machines (laughs) whereas Raphael dealt with his grief by being a party dude oh you almost stuck the landing Wait, cool and cool and rude cool but rude cool but rude in the bathtub bathtub. you you met Michelangelo what's Leonardo he's the leader he's got no personality what's his little slogan Leonardo leads oh that's it. He yeah. has no. Leonardo is by far the most boring. He's, I mean, he's the. He's, dull. he's just the generic like I'm the good guy, I'm the leader yeah. kind of mm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
Leonardo takes it particularly hard. He won't leave. Um, he he won't leave Raph's side. Oh, and by the way, this is when the heat is on between Casey and April oh, as well, yeah. by the way. They're yeah. like, we've got to get these turtles out of here. They really <laughs> try to do like a Empire Strikes Back style romance angle, but there's been no prior character development yeah. for either of these two. So but there's nothing invested in them getting together. It's just suddenly, oh, he's a jerk. And she's like, ooh, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they are both good looking people, like surrounded by freaks. So yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it makes sense that go- that, that would happen. Yeah. It's just weird that they're trying to do the Han Solo Princess Leia Yeah, thing. true. Yeah, it's like calling her a doll. Yeah. Not Toots or... Toots or something like that. I don't I think, think it was a doll. baby cakes. He goes yeah. through a few of them. He's yeah. like, oh, what about this one? What uh, about that one? Does he slap her ass or anything? Or something? Uh, no, he doesn't quite go that far. He, he does give her physical. like a, a, a oh. kind of... Uh, definitely not requested or consented to massage where she where he like she, shoves her down in yeah the chair. he shoves her down into a chair and starts rubbing her shoulders and <laughs> yeah. she just sort of gives like a oh well <laughs> it's That's yeah what yeah early it's... 90s <laughs> there's a there's a great bit with the I don't know if they were trying to sneak some like pretty sus adult symbolism into it but there's a scene where like uh, he's eating an apple so there's already like classic mm. corruption symbolism going on there and she's holding a hammer but she's kind of like just weirdly yeah. giving the handle of the hammer a wristy while yeah. she's talking. <laughs> so this raised the question as well, because I was not sure going into it, like whether this was a thing in the original ones. Uh, but h- how much did the turtles want to like fuck April well, O'Neil? Like, was that ever I, a subtext? I thought that they did. My memory was that there was a lot of jealousy between them and Casey. In the cartoon or in the movie? I, well, this is the thing. I can't. Maybe don't. I, I thought in the movie, but then when I watched it, it wasn't as there as there as I thought it was. And so maybe it was from the cartoon that I'm remembering that. Yeah. I don't know. My my uh, response in my head is to go. No, I didn't see that at all. But that might just be because yeah. I was so invested in it as a child and just kind of innocent to it all. I, I think know. I was just like, no, they're all just friends. I <laughs> thought there might have been like a wink, wink kind of subtext where oh, they're all they trying to like been. flirt with her and charm her and like impress her. Or There's whatever. multiple but- things in this movie of Michelangelo while April's on television, just making really objectifying comments about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh la la, she's yeah. a babe. What a yeah. babe. Yeah. <laughs> Kisses oh, the screen. There's one bit he has where. No lips <laughs> there's one bit where uh, Casey and April are flirting and then the turtles kind of like stumble in and then one of them reaches into the cupboard and pulls out like turtle oil or like turtle wax turtle wax or <laughs> yeah, something the and wax. they all start like laughing at it and I was like is it that, is that wax actually made out of turtles at one point or is that just a brand name just a brand. <laughs> okay because that would have been really awkward here loop up your sex <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. with the blood of my, <laughs> my, my people because <laughs> I know they use like subsea animals for that sort of thing mm. um so what is the pro- so then Raphael does finally wake up what is the prompt that makes them finally get off their ass and go and save their dad. Well, uh, so they start. Leonardo starts meditating, and yeah. then oh, that's right. There's like a, and he there's like a yeah meditation Skype. But <laughs> but Splinter doesn't give him anything actionable. He doesn't say I'm being held at yeah. this place. Oh no, he says goodbye. Yeah, Splinter, he's basically just like, they all sit around a fire and then they, and they take some ayahuasca and they and they hallucinate um, <laughs> Splinter and he just says congratulations you've unlocked the true the power of ninja power. disciplining the mind or something and he says you know just know that I love you all he's he's accepted that he's gonna die mm. yeah like, he doesn't like, say I'm being held at a warehouse yeah. it's on 46th and 5th uh, you go down a stair you gotta talk to Sam Rockwell uh, yeah. ask him about cigarettes you'll get in it's yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's not like he's just being put in a cell somewhere he is going through like a full-on passion of the christ style <laughs> interrogation mm. down in this yeah. like t- like just below it's that awful. skating rink like that that poor splinter puppet like every time you see him he's got more and more blood matted into his face <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they're, they're like they're turning him into reek down there like it's like <laughs> it's pretty full-on torture oh, no it is it is pretty full-on like yeah, i agree he is That's... dripping with blood and he's like he's like whenever you see him it's just like quivering and his voice is Breaking. And it's at this point where Danny, the son of April's boss, he sort of finds Splinter at some yeah. point. Mm. And yeah, I think the shock of seeing this creature being 
tortured within an inch of its life kind yeah. of starts to affect him. He's like, oh. And, of course, because Blint is very nice and kind to him. Mm. Um, he did sort of have an early moment when he sees April's, April's uh, shop burning and he, mm. and he kind of is looking from a distance and looking sad like, gee, I feel like somehow this is all my fault because <laughs> I told them where it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so he's really feeling a lot of uh, responsibility here. Mm. So... Then they go to save Splinter, basically. How, and they find out where he is from uh, the redhead kid, I think, don't they? Yeah, right? Danny tells them. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so he yeah, they, they, don't, they don't try and find him. They go then, back to their hideout. Danny's in the hideout. Yeah, That's right. And then he's like, I'll help you out. But if he wasn't in the hideout, I don't think they ever would have gone after him. No. I think they would have just said, well, he said goodbye. We're going to move yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Let's go. It's pizza time. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy just, the guy just happens to be there, happens to tip them off, and then they do their, like, big raid on Shredder's kind of compound. Yeah. And in this big raid, like, I thought, okay, finally, like, the turtles are going to work together as a team and kind of bust Splinter out and then take down Shredder. But they don't even bust Splinter no, out. No, nothing. It's, uh, it's Casey Jones. He does all Ca- the heavy that's lifting. It. So then Casey Jones goes in... Yeah, bust Splinter out, and then the turtles just arrive down. They don't actually even go in, do they? They sort of just arrive downstairs, and then they go up to the roof to meet Shredder. Yeah. And then they meet Shredder, and they just all sort of fight him one by one, and he just sort of starts to beat them. And, um, and... Yeah, they never go, maybe, hey, there's four of us. <laughs> they, yeah. they don't maybe. even know at this point that Splinter's been freed. No. So they never are even asked Shredder, like... Give us, give us our master back, or give us Splinter back, or whatever. Yeah. Don't even raise his name. As far as they're concerned, he's probably like dead, or yeah. like on the on the verge of death. Uh, also, at this point, Shredder makes his big reveal. That he was the Yoshi. He, yeah, yeah, he was the 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 guy who trained Splinter. He no. was his nemesis. Yes, yeah. yes. He wasn't the guy who trained Splinter. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. The, he was the guy who killed Splinter's master. Mm. Yeah, and they had a rivalry over a woman they were both in love yeah. with, and then then she told Splinter's master to go to America. Yeah, that's but right. But then before they left, like Shredder, like just attacked both of mm. them or something. Because Shredder and, takes off his mask yeah, and he's, he's got, got a big got... chunk of his face yeah. missing because <laughs> a rat got them. This is this is a master of um, yeah. um, ninjutsu who was. Got a big chunk of his face ripped off by a rat. I mean, how good could you be? Anyway, he was a ninja rat, though. True. Well, he's better than all four of the turtles because yeah. they don't even, like, land a blow on him. No. He just effortlessly disarms them all and just kind of beats them all. Mm. And then once again, like, Splinter uh, is the one who, like, gets gets shit done. And so they the Splinter and Shredder have this, like, final confrontation. And <laughs> this is what I thought was actually pretty dark. Because Splinter basically tells the turtles to, like, stand aside. He'll take care of it. Shredder charges at him. And then he ends up, like, hanging off the edge of the rooftop. And then Splinter says something. Something along the lines of... You guys might might remember the exact quote. But it's like, everybody dies, but your death will be different. Because you die with no no honor. Yeah. And then he basically (laughs) drops him off into... What I think was a trash compactor. It's yeah, it is. What what happens is they do that thing where it's kind of not Splinter's fault because he was hanging on to him and he yeah. says like, "Death comes for us all. Your death will be, but your death will be." And then Shredder throws a thing at him, mm. and so Splinter catches the thing like a, a knife or whatever. And because he catches it, that causes him to let go of Shredder. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. oh, he was defending himself. It's kind of okay. That's a, that's a pretty big stretch. Falls into a trash compactor. Yeah. Casey Jones hits the lever on it. <laughs> and yeah. in a children's movie, you see it's just the helmet, yeah. but you see it getting crushed. And that's when he comes in with no honor. With no yeah. honor. Like yeah. At the end. Yeah, I was sure said. that I saw that wrong. Because I was so you're so used to in those kids' movies, like falling is the only way to kill a character, mm. uh, because it's kind of the most bloodless way. They just dis- disappear wily coyote style into yep. the dust, or like Mufasa or whatever. Oh, not not Mufasa, um, Scar at the end of Lion King, uh, and. Yeah, I thought that they'd do the other thing where, like, Splinter, because he's, like, a good guy deep down, like, pulls up Shredder and saves his life and puts him in jail. But no, chops him down into a trash compactor, which they then manually operate to crush him to death. Yeah. And then, um, and then they all, they have their reunion on the roof with, with Splinter and they're like... This is radical. This is awesome. And Splinter goes, I always liked 
Kawabonga. So he even came up with that with that yeah. catchphrase. The and turtles also, did nothing in this movie. Yeah, they yeah. also Kawabonga and do a high three at yeah. the same time. Yeah, yeah. And then and then yeah, then logo I think, and then yeah. Splinter goes, "I made it funny." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this is before. This is also um, at. The, this is right after, like you know, Casey and April have their reunion, and she's oh, like, yeah. "Are you gonna kiss me or what?" Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. And Danny has his like reunion oh, with his, his dad. dad. He says, "Dad, dad, it's just Dan now." That's his he's like. Grown- that's how you know he's grown up. He just wants to be called Dan. Well, that's right. And then a police chief comes up to one of her youths, <laughs> and it's like after Sam Rockwell. Yeah. 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 Like like the head bad youth, and he's like. What, what's going on? And then Sam Rockwell goes like, head down to this warehouse or wherever. You'll find your answers there. And then the police guy's like, okay. And then everyone just walks away <laughs> yes. from each other. Yeah. Um, also, another interesting thing about this movie, technically passes the Bechdel test. Okay. Um, there's a bit in the, one of the newscasts in the middle. April is talking to um, another woman who is um, like the anchor person yeah. of, the, yeah. of the TV news and they're discussing the crime wave. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, and, and this movie has all on. sorts of fucked up, you know, <laughs> things. Anti-women yeah, shit, and it yeah. can still manage to pass the Bechdel yeah. test. It was actually pretty, it was entertaining for, I mean, for me, as someone who watched it as a kid, uh, it was kind of fun to rewatch it and remember some of those scenes. Like, I'd completely forgotten that she painted those pictures of them. And that, yeah. and I, that was a real memory trigger for me. Like, seeing those paintings she did, I was like, oh, that's right. Mm. She painted them. That's so weird. I remember as a kid being so bored by the farm scenes. Like, yeah. I remember thinking that that took forever. Well, it um, and it kind of does. Yeah. I think it's maybe like 10 minutes. But it's 10 very slow-paced minutes. Yeah. Not much else and, is going on. When you're a child. such an action scene. Yeah. yeah. And when you're a child, I think you just don't understand, like, why does this need to be in the movie? Although that's probably a good instinct because so, it doesn't need to be in there. What was um, Shredder's plan? How do we I write it? It was never really elaborated so you steal on. a bunch of televisions. Uh, you corrupt some youths. Mm-hmm. I think even his right hand man is like, why are you so worried about the turtles? <laughs> like yeah. constantly going, what does it matter? <laughs> like, he, doesn't, he doesn't realize until the very end that like the, the connection between the turtles. Yeah. And, like, yeah. He sort of gets it. He's like something about their fighting style oh, was familiar. Yeah. Right? He's like kind of putting it together. But the turtles really are such a, such a pose, such a lack of a threat to him because mm. all they really do is sit around. They, they don't even, he holds on to their master for like, a week or so they don't do jack shit to try and get him back I mean he'd be better off going after Casey Jones if he went after Casey Jones alone then he probably would have gotten away with whatever the hell his scheme actually was which I guess is just flipping white goods yeah and just acquiring power like he just gets more and more ninjas and then yeah he didn't have a clear goal it's just one of those he's clearly the bad guy you know he's the bad guy yeah he's wearing a pretty cool bad guy costume I mean that there's probably a drug mule operation going on elsewhere in that facility probably that we a, can't see. Probably a human trafficking situation yeah, happening. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Those kids, you don't, you don't amass that many kids for no reason. Yeah. Am I wrong in saying this kind of feels like like the the Shredder side of things feels like it could fit into the current uh, TV uh, Netflix version of Daredevil? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they call the foot, right? Yeah, well, connected, oh, yeah like, definitely no, like the Ninja Clan cool. similarities because part of the Ninja Turtles thing was a, was a backlash to a lot of the Frank Miller stuff. Yeah. But in, just in terms of the way it's portrayed and the way they kind of handle it in this movie, it felt a little bit like the Netflix Daredevil stuff. Yeah. Well, the, um, the ooze that gave the Turtles their mutation was meant to be like the same Chemical. chemicals that uh, blinded Mac, Matt Murdock. Yeah. And it just trickled into the sewer. Yeah. So... I think we can all say this movie was well ahead of its time. <laughs> in one way or another, <laughs> in yes. In certain elements. I think watch it if you grew up with the original Turtles, yeah. but having not had that base of like recognition, it didn't really do much for me. Yeah. I think if I watched an app of Street Sharks, then I might enjoy it like uh, you guys did, but it was... Uh, it was like there wasn't much in it for, <laughs> no, for me to really slap around. <laughs> no, I think I, when you're a kid, if you're a fan of it, the fact that you're seeing these characters on screen is exciting enough to sustain yeah. you for ninety minutes. I would argue that the the, the Saturday morning cartoon is better than this movie. Like, as in, mm. it's a funner thing to watch. And I haven't revisited that since I was a child. Me so. neither, but I have fonder memories of it. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, that would be my opinion. Wouldn't recommend watching the two live-action sequels, Secret of the Years, which you talked about, and Turtles 3, Turtles in Time, where Ooh. they travel back to feudal Japan. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> because they went, what the hell else can we get more ninjas into this? <laughs> so There's only one way. Yeah. Have you seen but, the Michael Bay ones? No, I haven't. But I was going to say there was, I think, 2007... There was a CG oh, animated yes. sequel, and it's actually done as a direct sequel to those three movies, oh, wow. to the three live action TMNT. movies. TMNT. TMNT. Yeah, I think I saw that. Actually, not bad. Yeah. Okay. Check it out. Like, if, again, if you grew up with it, been looking for stuff, and you didn't see that, not a bad, not a bad adaptation. I actually mm. kind of like that one. Okay, I haven't seen that either. Yeah. Still a kids movie. Yeah. But yeah. Not bad. Patrick Stewart does the voice of the villain. Oh, okay. Um, the, the turtles actually have character. <laughs> well, that's something. Yeah. yeah, Donatello does nothing in this movie. That was really? that was a disappointment for me. I was always a Donatello kid. Yeah, I yeah. think I was too. Yeah. Donatello is always my favorite. He's very boring in this movie. Yeah. Do you have a favorite turtle, Kyle? Ah, uh, I mean, I, I just have to go with Raphael by default because he's the only one I could distinguish between the others. He was just <laughs> Fair the grumpy guy. I liked his little Ben Grimm shtick. Yeah. Had a pretty cool fight with Casey Jones. I enjoyed it when he was just conked out in the bathtub <laughs> just in the most uncomfortable pose that you could possibly yeah, go just face down yeah like, they just planked him they just yeah. like took him in a wheelbarrow and then just emptied him into the bathtub yeah. oh wow all uh, right well yeah. that brings us to the end of another great episode of our amazing <laughs> comic book movie podcast i lied at the beginning of the show this move this show is about movies that with amazing characters in it we don't talk about um family dramas on this show that was the twist. But really, the Ninja Turtles are a family. That's true. And so are all the Foot Clan. Because they, they do yeah. say, um, there's a bit where Shredder goes, this is your family now. I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real, like, on yeah, the nose. No, themes. Up. Yeah, themes, guys. Themes with a capital T. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we'll be back uh, next time with some more fun and games for you. Uh, until then, you can find us on various other kinds of media. You can hear me on 3mbs.org.au. Uh, it's a classical music station and it's 103.5 FM in Victoria. Cool. Uh, I do another podcast. You can find it at laststoptonowhere.com. It's on Australian history. And if you're in Melbourne and you want to check out some improv comedy, come to the Improv Conspiracy Theatre and there's a good chance I will be in one of those shows. Um, go to improvconspiracy.com to find out about that. And you can follow Tights Camera Action on Twitter at TCAPod. That's right. And uh, on Facebook as well. Yeah, just search for us on Facebook. We're yep. on there. We're often posting funny, weird stuff we find. Yep. So um, get in touch. If there's a movie you want us to do, let us know. We'll think about <laughs> it. And uh, check out our archives. We've got like... Uh, 11 episodes down so there's lots to go back to to listen to other episodes all right bye, bye. bye.